Welcome into another edition of the Wolverine.com podcast. I am your host today, Anthony Broom, along with former Michigan Wolverine defensive lineman Ryan Van Bergen. We are here the morning after uh, Michigan takes care of Maryland 59-18, a thorough performance, a, uh, a game where the job was done well in all three phases of the game. And it sets up the biggest week of the year and what we, I think, can safely say is probably the biggest game of the Jim Harbaugh era with what's on the line in Ann Arbor this weekend against the Ohio State Buckeyes. So, Ryan, good morning. Welcome back in. It's good to have you here. Good morning. Thanks. Glad to be here. Glad to be supporting a 10-win Michigan team and uh, looking forward to what's ahead. Uh, Not to uh, dismiss what we just finished up, but this is a what you hope for when you when you sign on for the season. So I'm excited about what's coming, especially with how we played uh, Saturday. Well, we'll put a bow on that game Saturday and look ahead a little bit. Before we get into it, though, I do want to remind people the Wolverine.com is now on the On3 network. You can get a year subscription to our site right now for $1. It's not going to last very long. Uh, so make the jump like thousands of other people did. The link is in the description below. So we appreciate you guys that are there and hope that some of you guys – Come over and hang out with us there. It's been awesome and a really good time. So uh, let's start with day afterthought. I mean, we've both had, uh, it was a later game, but still had the evening to enjoy ourselves. We still, we had a night's sleep. Ryan, you just said you had a great breakfast to kind of put a bow or start your Sunday off on a good way. Um, You know, when you look back at this game, what are some of the takeaways that you have now that you've had a night to sleep on it? I think one thing that we've got to note mention is that we were uh, more balanced and pass aggressive. And like we talked about yesterday when we broke it down after our media reactions, I feel like that's something that we've been almost too predictable at times, especially when we get into the red zone. But I thought our offensive play calling, I thought Gaddis um, is kind of in full phase. We're using all facets of our offense or we're trying to. Um, and I thought we looked pretty good offensively. And we talked about maintaining possessions, uh, taking care of the football, long play drives. We had all those things present for us yesterday, um, especially offensively. Uh, defensively, I feel like we gave up a little more than we would have liked to in the run game, but we'll, we'll talk probably more about it. But when you're playing coverage and, you know, just with McDonald's defense in their first year, not that we've had a bunch of glaring weaknesses, but when we're playing or are tending, trending towards playing some coverage, when we get hit with a run while we're playing coverage, we don't fit always the best. And uh, Ohio State's probably going to see that on film. Uh, but overall, just a really good game. I feel like we've made progress, and that's something that we've talked about throughout the year, that you've got to get better in October than you were in September. You've got to be better in November than you were in October. And I feel like we've not necessarily had that element to our team in the last couple of years. And I feel like this team you can see has definitely made improvements from the Indiana, from the Rutgers, uh, from the Michigan state game. And, uh, you know, we're playing our best football. So we, that's what we need to do in order to be around here at the end. Yeah. Well, I want to start with the offense today and, and namely Cade McNamara. Uh, this is a guy that has just the quarterback situation in general has been f- somewhat polarizing throughout the year. It's quieted in recent weeks. And a reason for that is because, Cade McNamara has played really well uh, since the Michigan State game. He's, uh, If you go by ESPN's QBR, he's posted an 80.9 grade or better in each of the last four games where he also has multiple passing touchdowns in each of those games. Um, when you look at his season as a whole right now, he is – I just had the number here. 
Uh, Cade McNamara is currently the second highest rated passer of the Jim Harbaugh era uh, with a 148 rating. Shea Patterson is the only guy that has did more than him, and that was the 2018 season when he finished the year with a 149.8 rating. So uh, you throw in what I just talked about along with what ESPN graded as a 90.6 performance against Wisconsin, and what you have is a quarterback for Michigan that has played his best football when his team has needed him to. And there have been missed opportunities here and there. Have to stop hitting linemen in the back of the head with throws. But you know, we all year it was Cade's the guy. Cade's the guy. Wait, we're confident in him. He's going to lead us to where we think we need to go. Um, right now, in terms of because you can throw the Michigan State game into a November football game because it took place on October 30th. This guy since that Michigan State game has been everything they could have asked him to be and more and is leading you know, a, an attack that is as balanced as they've been uh, heading into this game this weekend. He's a good quarterback. You know, that's it's, – it's overlooked a lot and even including, including myself because I think the best word is word you put to it was sexiness. He does not have much sexiness to him um, in the way he plays the game and honestly also what he's been asked to do, I feel like. He's supposed to be a game manager, manager and a facilitator. Um, you know, he's kind of John Stockton esque uh, back there. And you know, to be honest, you think about the quarterbacks under the Harbaugh regime: Rudock, Shea Patterson. I think I would take McNamara over Shea Patterson. I think I'm not 100 percent sure on that, but he just does such a good job of taking care of the football. It's never at risk. It's never at risk when McNamara's in the game, and that's just so valuable. I and mean, it's hard to even put and associate any kind of statistic or number with it. But knowing that the ball is safe in his hands is such a secure thing for us. And, um, you know, he's also making throws. He threw some good – I've been critical that he has struggled on the edges. He throws the ball outside the hash or past the first down sticks. It's not as high likely probability that there's going to be a catch on the other end of it. He threw some good balls all over the field yesterday. And I feel like he's slowly but surely as the season progressed – been throwing better balls in different areas of the field if you were to kind of chart where his throws are. I agree with you. The crossing route, which, you know, that's got to be something that we clean up because that's an easy check down that gets you out of problems. But you got to be able to throw that ball without hitting someone in the helmet and the sidearm slot, and we talked about that yesterday. But I do feel like that's a quick, easy fix. Practice that a little bit. Change your slot a little bit for those throws. But he's been uh, a great quarterback, a great Michigan quarterback, and – you know, it's tough because he's got someone behind him that everybody's so excited and buzz, buzzing about. But, uh, you know, he's got uh, another year to come back if he wants to and do this whole thing again. So he's done really well, and I think that he's a big reason as to why this team is where they are here at the end of November. It's so incredible, too, that they've been able to, I mean, with as well as he's played throughout the year, they've still been able to mix J.J. McCarthy in there. And that dichotomy has worked. I mean, it doesn't. Um, it doesn't, you're not always so fortunate to have it that way. You, there can usually be, um, you know, some, some contention between, I mean, you were, you were part of teams where there was, there was kind of an ongoing battle for a few years between Tate Forcier and Denard Robinson. Um, you know, when you have talented guys there, they want to play, they want to get on the field, but Michigan's made it work. Uh, and JJ McCarthy had some plays on Saturday as well. Um, the offense as, ho- as a whole, 503 total yards and, uh, you sort of hit on this earlier. Uh, these these guys, what we've seen is is playmakers step up over the last number of weeks. Um, there were 11 different receivers that touched the ball uh, on Saturday. 
that's thrown off a little bit by the fact that you had a couple walk-ons to get in there late in the game. But uh, you take guys like Will Rollap out, Danny Hughes. Um, There's one more in there. Uh, I can't pull up for some reason. But uh, the ball came out to 10 different guys. And it seems like it's been a different guy each week. This week happened to be Donovan Edwards, who set a freshman record with 170 receiving yards, 10 catches, kind of came out of nowhere. So now you have another weapon that you, you feel pretty good about in your passing game. So for as much as made about you know Ohio State and all the playmakers it has, Michigan has kind of developed a pick-your-poison offense with what they have going as well. I think so, and I still think you know it's almost got to be puzzling at times for Gaddis to figure out because you'd love to get everybody a chance, but at a certain point, you got to ride who's hot, you know, and, and find ways to get guys that are uh, more touches when you know that they've got momentum on their side. Because all those guys got touches, and I'm pretty sure Eric All didn't get a reception. And he was the hero of the Penn State game. Um, you know, I think Schum- Schumacher got maybe one touch or two touches. Didn't use the tight ends hardly at all. And it's just tough. You've got, especially if Corum comes back, you've got three backs that you want want to get their touches with. Uh, you've got you know, three, four receivers that all have made plays for you that you want to get want to see how they do. So um, it's great for our offense as far as defenses are going to have headaches trying to figure out where to where to dedicate their resources. Um, But I just think that this is also a pretty young team. A lot of these guys aren't going anywhere um, and they're just going to get better with time and more cohesive as units. So uh, it's encouraging. The future is bright because I feel like it's been – it's been a long time, I feel like, since we've had so many weapons, but I honestly can't think of when we've had the stable of backs, the receivers, and then tight ends coming along like they have, and then two quarterbacks that we're pretty pretty confident with. So um, whatever Harbaugh did in the offseason, bringing in some new blood, the, the new coaching hires that he's brought in, um, the recruiting that we've been doing offensively, I feel like all those things are trending up, and uh, that's what we need to do to close the gap between us and Ohio State, us and the Alabamas, us and the Georgias, us and the Clemsons. So we're doing those things. Yeah, and I think one of the one of the things about you know people like to point to the speed and space moniker from Josh Gaddis and how that means oh they, they you know Michigan's going to be explosive and up tempo and all those things. All that ever really means is they want to get the ball out, you know, find a matchup, get the ball in the hands of a playmaker and give him a chance to make a play with green grass in front of him. And um, like you said, they've got a lot of guys that they're able to do that now. Let's switch over to the defensive side of the ball. And a few trends that um, I can't say they're super concerning because it's the vacuum of one game. But again, anything you put on film in this week, in this game, might be used against you on Saturday. So, Defensively, a couple bad trends. The pass rush didn't really get there. I think they only had two or three. Um, or, or they didn't have any any quarterback hurries, really. Uh, they got gashed in the run game to the tune of 181 yards. Are you concerned about the defense at all? Yeah, uh, that was probably the one thing that, especially in the second half, third quarter, that they were able to move the ball kind of at will against us. And, again, that kind of comes back to what I saw was that when we're playing coverage, uh, when we're playing coverage, we're not fitting the run great, mostly when we have two high safeties uh, and also not getting great play out of our defensive line, defensive tackle specifically. Uh, honestly, you can look to the defensive tackle position for both uh, the pass rush issues that we were seeing Saturday and also a little bit on the gashing runs. You know, Mozzie Smith played pretty well against the run. Uh, Hinton normally holds up pretty well against the run, but these aren't guys that are getting penetration. 
and, and making plays in the backfield. And we don't ask them to do that, but at the same time, it would be beneficial to, you know, instead of getting a five or six yard carry on first and 10, if you're Maryland, you know, getting blown up in the backfield by a defensive tackle who just inserts his guard, you know, back, back behind the line of scrimmage. And now it's second and 12, second and 13. We don't get a lot of those. And, uh, we also saw Aiden Hutchinson and David Ojabo kind of have a quieter game. And we talked about it yesterday, instant reaction, that they were doing pretty decent on their pass rush. Sometimes they got a little too too uh, too deep and past the quarterback, especially when you got someone elusive. But uh, we don't have any push in the middle. There's no consistent three-technique nose guard that is winning on the inside. And that's even more surprising considering how much attention Hutchinson and Ojabo have to be drawing on the edges. So uh, we really need the emergence of a defensive tackle. I feel like I've kind of been thumping my chest for the last two years that, you know, since probably Mo Hurst, we haven't had a really dominant defensive tackle and Mo Hurst was three, four years ago. So um, we've got to recruit that position better. Got to bring some guys along. I do think Sean Nua, the defensive line coach, is a good coach that can get these guys going. Uh, but it's definitely a weakness and something that I would completely count on Ohio State to try to exploit uh, if we don't play a little bit better there in the middle. Well, we've seen – do you have any other uh, other bad trends or takeaways from any, any phase of the game from Saturday? I'm trying to keep us still in Maryland, but it's so hard to not look ahead because of what's on the line now. Turnover generating, if that's a thing, generating turnovers. You know, we had the DJ Turner pick six, but there were some opportunities. Uh, I think specifically in the first quarter, I think Junior Colson actually had one almost get lodged in his face mask. Um, we've seen sometimes where Josh Ross is getting his hands on the football but not coming down with it. Against Ohio State, I know we're talking about the Maryland game, but right before DJ Turner had that pick six, I just kept thinking like, how has Tagovailoa been running for his life, scramble drill, scramble drill, scramble drill, and we're not getting any passes, at least an opportunity to make an interception, you know? And um, fortunately we did, but if you were to look on the season, I don't know. I think we might have four interceptions uh, on the season as a team. If you look at college football, the best guy, the guy that's going to win, if it's a Thorpe award, I'm not sure what the uh, corner award is, but if you were to look at secondary across the board and individual statistics, I bet you there's guys that have four plus interceptions on their own uh, around the country. So it concerns me and that's kind of the next step. You know, we want your cake and eat it too. We have a first year defensive coordinator in McDonald. I think, you know, for being in his first year and inheriting what he inherited from Don Brown, I feel like he's done a tremendous job, but I would say one of the knocks you can say is that we don't do a good job generating turnovers. We don't force fumbles. Uh, we don't uh, get our hands on balls in the secondary. And in this next game, man, how big would it be if we had one or two turnovers, uh, made C.J. Stroud a little bit hesitant to throw into coverage. But it just feels like that's not something that's part of our game yet. It's not one of the uh, the tricks that, that we've got up our sleeve. So that's definitely something that's concerning for the Ohio State game because – Generating a turnover too, especially against an offense like they're going to bring to the big house, would be huge. Yeah, I think C.J. Stroud's only thrown a couple of interceptions on the year. Michigan, I looked it up while you were talking there, seven interceptions uh, this season, which is tied for 90th in the country. For context, who leads the country in that? Iowa. They have 21. Um, so, I mean, you don't have to be Iowa, but you need to do a little bit more. You need to get a couple of those next week uh, in a game like that. So, well, let's look ahead a little bit. We will do our the Big Ohio State preview on Friday. But, Ryan, we've seen 11 games now. And now that 
the the week of the game is here. Have we seen enough from this football team? I think we've seen enough that they're going to be able to compete if they play their best game. Um, if we come out and for some reason or other don't have uh, – we don't have to play perfect, but it has to be our best. Our best game to be competitive. My thought process, my uh, motto going into this week in, in particular is let's just be there in the fourth quarter. Be within striking distance. Uh, it's You can't win the game in the first quarter, so you've got to hang with them, especially, you know, especially with Ohio State. They are a quick start team. If you watch some of the games that they have, very rarely do they not have 35-plus points before halftime. They come out firing. So we've got to understand that and, you know, plan for they're coming out hard and we can't scramble, panic, feel like we've got our pants around our ankles, can't start pointing fingers. You know, they're going to score some touchdowns. It will happen. I guarantee you Ohio State scores touchdowns in all, all four quarters of the Michigan game uh, this upcoming weekend. And that's okay. We're, we're going to have to get better and be there at the end to, to try and stop the last series, stop the last drive, get a turnover, go down and score. That's how Michigan wins this game. If you think by any stretch Michigan's going to dominate this game and be up by two scores going into the fourth quarter, you're, you're, you're a, a lunatic. It's not going to happen. Um, so uh, this team has shown that we can, we can compete with them. We're going to have to play our best football. And um, we're, I think, the best equipped team. I've said this before, the best equipped team to slow them down offensively uh, in the Big Ten. But is it enough? We're going to find out. You know, And if not – we, again, I still will, even if we end up getting torched, I still will say we still were the best equipped team to try and slow them down. So um, I think we're ready to give them our best shot. It's a matter of is our best shot going to be good enough to do some damage. All right, well, I'm going to have you step into the time machine here real quick. I'm putting you back in that locker room. You guys just got off the uh, the bus, the plane, whatever it is, <laughs> from Maryland. Uh, someone needs to set a tone for the week. Someone needs to get up in front of the room. Speak to the guys and set a tone for what this week is going to be. Ryan, what is your message to this year's crop of Wolverines? There was never cameras on when we said these things. So uh, it's tough to uh, <laughs> tough to click entirely into that mode. But this is what you're here for. You know, this is why you choose Michigan. This is why you get up at 430 to be there at 5, to condition at 6, to, to go to treatments, go to film. go. All of it is for this 60 minutes. And if you were to break it down, each – second that you get an opportunity to be on that field was three hours in the weight room, five hours in the film room, four hours in the training room, each second. And now you have seven days, six days before you put the pads on, and you get to play this game. So uh, scholar athlete, absolutely. There's no class this week. You don't go to class. You go to Schembechler Hall, you go to the film room and you get everything you can done. You bring your teammates with you. You bring your backups with you. You bring your position group with you and you live, sleep, breathe, eat. Everything is Ohio State and what we can do to beat these guys. What can I do to get better as an athlete? What can I do to improve the guy next to me? And give everything you have. There will be no regrets. You won't miss sleep. You won't miss a social gathering. You won't miss a class. You'll figure it out when you get back. But go take everything you can with all the intensity that you possibly can. Put it into this week and let's put all the chips on the table because um, – this is, you know, the legacy game. They've talked about what is your legacy, Aiden Hutchinson, what's your legacy? It's tarnished, and you know it's tarnished if you lose this game. So go out there, take my title. I'm tired of saying that I'm from the last team that beat Ohio State, and that was more than a decade ago. So uh, take that title from me. I'm glad to give it to you, and uh, let's go compete in a football game. 
going to get a telegram from uh, President Schlissel about you encouraging guys to miss class, but um, it's all all good. The point is well taken. Uh, I think that's a good place for us to stop, Ryan. Um, Thank you guys for watching, for listening along. Again, as I said before, you can sign up for a year subscription with us. Uh, We are on the On3 network now for a dollar for a year. Uh, This is a huge week. Uh, If it was just a dollar for this week, it'd be worth it. I promise you. I mean, this this is going to take you into the next Ohio State week. So sign up, get on board. A lot of good stuff is going to come out of this week. Um, if you're listening to us on the podcast form, uh, we are on Apple, Google, Spotify, everywhere you get your shows. Be sure to subscribe, leave a positive review, all of those things. So um, that'll do it for us. Appreciate you guys listening. Uh, appreciate your time, Ryan. Uh, for Ryan Van Bergen, this is the Wolverine.com's Anthony Broom. It's the week of the game. Time to get after it, everyone. We'll talk to you again soon.